Welcome to Rich in Life, a podcast for anyone looking to be entertained while picking up a few tips on life, luxury, and resilience. And now your host, Rich Irani. I want to get down to this because I have a great guest on the show, and her name is Tina Bracold. She's a New York fashion stylist, influencer, and blogger, and a radio talk show host of Fashion Fridays with Tina. So I just listened to one of your episodes where you talk about um, biker boots, and it was a great episode. You also had a guest on that I thought was fantastic. Do you remember yeah. who it was? It was, was it me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I thought it was pretty good. You know, it's funny because I had to run to a landline to um, get to a phone because that's how you do it. Yeah. So, you know, I was scrambling that whole morning because we were out at the beach and we don't have a landline there. So I oh. ran to my sister and I got it, but I have to, I never, I didn't really get a chance to listen to it after, but when I did listen to it, I was very impressed with myself. Anyway, good. I'm kidding. I was you actually, impre- I'm kidding. I was impressed. With, I was actually very impressed with you. And the reason why well, I wanted to have you on is because we think so much alike. Yeah. We think yeah. alike. I think we're sure. both, we're both self-taught, which what's very interesting and people don't know is um, when you're self-taught, it's so different because I know that you started merchandising very young. Yeah, right. Yeah. You started like right out of college. You told me you'd get up in the middle of the night. You want to just tell that story. It's a great story. Tell it real quick how you started. Yeah. yeah. So basically without dating myself, when I started in the business, I didn't know that I wanted to be a stylist. I thought at that time, stylists were people that dressed celebrities only. And there really wasn't a career path for a stylist. If you didn't want to do that and you didn't want to um, you know, be on set and do commercial styling, um, editorial styling. So I kind of just was working in a retail store. I kind of had, I had an idea of what I wanted to do. I just wasn't sure how to get there. Um, but kind of putting in my time, um, I ended up really being taken under the wing of one of my managers who was doing visual merchandising. And I was like, that's interest me. You know, that was like the start of it. And she basically started to teach me the basics of merchandising 101, how to set a store, how to set a floor pad, um, how to, you know, merchandise so it made sense. And then, and then looking at the numbers and reworking the floor based on what's selling and what's not. And then of course, doing the windows. So styling the mannequins, which was my favorite part, shocker. And um, I just learned as much as I could, as often as I could, um, and, and I let it be known that I wanted basically her job someday. And it went from there. It was a bit of a circuitous route to get to where I am now because it wasn't a traditional, you know, uh, job career, you know, didn't really have a trajectory at that time. Um, but I put in the time I was willing to learn and um, it was not glamorous whatsoever. And there were time, there were moments where I was like, what am I doing? Like, really, I just need to figure this out. And, you know, my parents spent all this money at, for college. And, you know, I felt like I wasn't, re- I was kind of letting them down. But at the same time, I had a feeling that I would get there. You know, I just was kind of like, I'm not sure how. So what did you again, major was, in college? What was your major in college? So funny enough, it was, uh, I went to a four-year college and majored in architecture and interior design. So, oh. yeah. And 
junior year, junior year, senior year, I remember doing these big presentations to the professors with, you know, mood boards and all this kind of stuff. And somewhere inside of me, I knew this isn't what I want to do, but, oh, sorry, ear pods. <laughs> um, I, I didn't want to disappoint my parents. So I just kept going. I'm like, and at that time there was no major of styling that I could change to. If I was going to change to fashion merchandising, I would have had to kind of start all over again, or at least set me back another year. Um, so I graduated, I started going on job interviews in, in interior design firms. And I just had this feeling like, this is not what I want to do. I don't want to sit in an office and draft. And I love interior decorating, which is slightly different. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I love doing my home I, over and over and over. I redo it all the time. Um, but it wasn't quite the thing. I really wanted something to do with fashion. So I ended up, um, again, that's when I took this job in retail just to kind of pay my a few bills that I had. Uh, I was lucky enough that, you know, I had support from my parents, um, but I still wanted to make it on my own. And eventually that's when I ended up in, a, uh, it was a mall job and just learning merchandising. And then that's kind of led me down the road to styling and then eventually, right. you know, owning my own business. Yeah. You see, cause this is what's great. And this is what I want people to know that there really is a correlation between merchandising and styling. I was the same way as you. When I was young, I remember being a kid and re-merchandising my mom's house. I mean, I would literally re-merchandise everything, you know, in every room. I'd throw away stuff and it kind of morphed. I think that it, there really is a strong correlation. If you're good at one, you're good at the other. And I think being self-taught in merchandising, which I was self-taught, I never went to merchandising, you are too, it's a very... Um, it's a very difficult thing to do, but yet when it comes natural, it really is kind of euphoric. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It, gets, yeah. it feels like you're really such accomplishing. It's almost like, you know, it's a high. For me, it was a high. So I want to also tell people that for somebody, now I'm not sure, do you do you style celebrities? Uh, I have. I have okay. in the past. But that's uh, not yeah. your main thing. No. Which is why I love you. Okay. So yeah. now I have many stylists that do, you know, celebrities, red carpets. Okay. We know the whole deal on that. You know, West Coasters. I got it. Yes. What I love about you is that you're a New York City fashion-based stylist who deals with pretty much, I would say, mostly New York City women, right? Yes. So New tell York me. New York City women. Go ahead. Yeah. No, you go. New York City women. New York City women and as well as suburban women as well, but they're very sort of cosmopolitan type of women. Okay. So now tell me, what is your customer or your clientele? <clears throat> what's your clientele like? And then I want to know, like, what do they expect from you when they hire you? So I have a range of clients and for me, they kind of, they come and they go, so, some come and go, some come to me seasonally. And it could be anyone from the average soccer mom who says, you know, I'm in Lululemon pants all the time, help, you know, that there's anything wrong with Lululemon, but we need, we can't be in that all the time. You should change it up and, uh, you know, add some diversity into your wardrobe to the corporate woman that is working, um, her, maybe she's an empty nester. So her kids are grown. She's got this, you know, pos powerful position at a company it's office life. And she, um, you know, has a lot of events to go to, to the, um, stay at home mom, or sort of, I want to call her more like a socialite type of lady. Um, she's not, they're not famous, but 
their husbands are in an industry where they attend a lot of different social events. So lots of charity events, um, they travel, they've got multiple homes, you know, of course it's the, one of the best kind of clients that I have because they've got disposable income and they have a vested interest in their wardrobe, building it, looking good, adding different things and what looks best on them. And so therefore that's where I come in um, to play. What they usually expect when they hire me, first of all, we have a consultation before anything happens. And I really sit down with them. And for me, I say, listen, this is the time. Think of it, think of this as a really good, like, you know, you're going in to buy a home and you want to make sure all of the boxes are checked. So I want you to make sure all the boxes are checked with me and I'll make sure and vice versa. And I will ask them, what do you want out of uh, this appointment? You know, what do you want out of my service? Right. Because and, I was going to ask you, what do they expect from you? Is there a misconception? Like, you know, I could, I know some of the girls I know would probably come to you and say, okay, I, I want you to make me look thinner. I want you to make me look taller, you know, and like things that are not really realistic. You know, so yeah. many women are kind of set in their ways. They don't like to change. So it's kind of difficult. So when you do have this talk with them about, you know, what they want to do, do they give you a, a list of these are the yes. goals? Oh yeah. Yeah. That's what we talk about. We talk so about, give me, first some, of all, give, me, give me some of the lists. I want to know what the goals are. I want to know. Oh, okay. I want my so, friends to be jealous of me. That's my favorite. <laughs> I, I'm going to meet my friends and I yep. want them to be so jealous of me. Yeah. Oh, I get this. I had a woman time. tell me that. I get this. Um, I want what my friends don't have and will never have. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> you know, like find me the be all ends all piece or whatever it is. Um, yeah. I get a lot of that. I get a lot of, you know, all about exclusivity. And that I understand. They should want that with me. Right. They shouldn't want to just go shop off of the rack. Now, um, most of I, these women have unlimited money. Is money an issue or do they give budgets? Say, listen, I'm willing to spend that, not that. Most of them have budgets, believe it or not. They now, do. some have very big, big budgets. Yeah. Right. But mm -hmm. most, and then some people have very smaller budgets. And some people, like I said, that come to me seasonally, they'll just say, okay, I just need a wardrobe refresh. So we just need to kind of look at what we have, pull out what we, you know, what we is a yes or a no, and kind of fill in the blanks. Um, but everybody, almost everybody has a budget. It's just some are bigger Depends. or smaller. Yeah. Does anybody ever expect you to like come in and clean their closets and hem their skirts? Yes. They do. Yes. Yeah, people um, wanted me to do that. People asked yes. me to do that. Yes. I've gotten that where I'm like, no, 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 no. That's, I'm not a cleaning service. Yes. Yeah. I, me too. I'm not, yeah. no patience. Yeah. No patience no. for that. That's interesting. No. No, and I, I will do this though. There are times where I have done this as a sort of a courtesy to my existing client that I'm styling. I'll say, okay, let's organize the closet. But that's after we've, you know, styled and we've set a budget and we've kind of gotten her, her look down pat. I might say, you know, I think your wardrobe isn't working the best for you because you're not seeing everything that you have or whatever. And we'll kind of do that. That's in sort of an add-on courtesy you know, that's, that, that, that I offer. Yeah. Is it also an add on courtesy to tell them that maybe their neck is short and they can't wear crew necks too? I mean, I'm kidding, but I mean, how do you really size a woman up? I mean, well, how do you size them up? Like you can't, like everyone knows their body and knows, they think they know exactly what's wrong with their body and what looks good and what doesn't look good. But you know, sometimes there are things they don't know, like little tips. Like for example, I just said, if somebody has a shorter neck, you know, sometimes right. I notice that and I'm like, right. hmm. I'm like, you know, there's nothing wrong with it, but a, a bigger scoop. Right. 
How do you right. size them? How do you size them up? And how do you kind of convey it to them? I mean, you're another woman. It's well, can't be that I'm easy. For, that's what I say in the beginning of the appointment. I say, listen, I'm going to be very honest with you. I have a saying that I, that I would say, you know, lather them up before you shave them. Right. And <laughs> Call your therapist. Make sure to get your psychiatrist on hand after our meeting because I'm going right. to let it rip with you. Right now. Uh, I mean, I will say, listen, I'm going to be honest, but fair. You know, this isn't about, um, you know, uh, complimenting you so that you feel good, but it's also not about being, you know, giving, it's more giving constructive criticism. Right. And here's what I always say. I tell my interns this or anyone that works with me or for me, I always say, you can't say, make a statement based on just your opinion. So for example, you can't say that red dress doesn't work. Why? Well, because I, I don't like it. You have to back it up with facts. It's not the best option for you. Here's why you're long. You have a long torso and shorter legs. So this option would serve you better. So that's kind of what I tried to go with. Okay. So that leads me to the, my next question, which is great. How many, what's the percentage of women that have, I guess, body dysmorphic disorder or that has issues about their body that they're not thrilled with. I mean, I would say in my, in my opinion, in my cases, it's almost like 99.9% of women have issues, even if they're not real to them, it's mm -hmm. real. Um, I would agree with you. That's, that's about right. About 99.9%. And, but the issues vary. Some people have more than others. And some people have what I call like a fake confidence they come off like they're very confident, but the more we talk and the more we dig and the more I kind of bring them options, you know, it's like layers. It starts to come out where I'm like, well, she hides it well, but when you get down and dirty, you know, it starts to come out. So yeah, 99.9 for sure. Is any part of your job lifting their spirits and telling them that they do look good and they can wear that? Is that any part of a stylist's job or do you really just stick to kind of making them happy and trying to get them a new look? No, I think that is a part of my job. I mean, me as a person, that is me. That's a part of what I would do as a friend, um, but not in an inauthentic way. So, you know, my job is to get them from A to B, however that is, whether it's, you know, a few little things or a big wardrobe overhaul, maybe they need to redo hair and makeup, but I always say that's not my area of expertise, but I can give you suggestions. Um, and then it's up to them. I can point them in a direction. And then at the end of the day, there comes a point when they'll say, I, lo I love this dress or I love this look. And they really mean they love themselves in it, you know, and I'll say, yeah, you're wearing it. It's not wearing you. And to me, that's the ultimate compliment for me is when they feel really good. So now I want you to explain that because when I first heard it, it didn't make sense, but now it makes a thousand percent sense to me. When a person is wearing something and it looks mm -hmm. like that the clothes is wearing them, can you like explain what that means? In short, it's kind yes. of like you notice the clothes before you notice the person. Yes. It's I mean, that's really it overwhelms yeah. them. It overwhelms yeah. them. Yeah. Whether it's a color or it's a cut or it's a print um, versus when, and we've all experienced this, a woman, man, doesn't matter. Somebody walks into a room and you just go, wow, that person, you know, he or she is really attractive. And yeah, maybe they're physically attractive, 
but it's it's the overall picture. It's the suit they have on or the dress they have on and it's the grooming and it's the overall package that you're noticing and probably their personality as well, but you, you'd notice it. I mean, that's what we notice first, right? We don't know, I, don't, I wouldn't say, wow, Rich, you have a great personality if I've never spoken to you, but I might say you look great because I see you first before you know, we start to talk. So the last okay. thing anybody I think in fashion ever wants to hear is they have a good personality. <laughs> That's right. the last thing we all want to hear. But I will tell right. you, this. I will tell you this, that it's the one thing everybody can do to make them more beautiful. It ironically, after what I just said, it's kind of true. Nobody wants to hear you have a good personality because it kind of implies something else. But if you're right. just nice and it's free, that's something that's free. Everyone could do, you know, regardless yeah. if you have a stylist or not, I think it elevates people and can yeah. make them beautiful. So yeah, so it's really important that you have to give them confidence and you have to kind of show them other ideas because a lot of women are very rigid about the way they think they look or wanna look. You know, uh, I'm a little overweight. I don't wanna show my backside. How do you work around all of those body issues? Do you so, ever make them try on stuff and say, try it on anyway? Yes, all the time, all the time because I'm, I can't think of a time when I, I might not be a hundred percent correct, yeah. but I'm in the right direction. You know, I might say when they put it on like, oh no, that doesn't work, but I'm in the right direction. It's a matter of tweaking it. And, um, yeah, I'll say, try it on anyway. Um, you know, I'll always work with someone's shortcomings. Um, I have a, another little saying that I like to get, say to all my clients, I'll say, you know, cause the first thing I hear are always the negatives. Oh, well, and they always start like this. I can't wear this because, and you fill in the blank. So I can't wear this color or I can't, I, I can't wear prints. I can't wear shorts. I, you name it. I've heard it. What's and, the and most then, common? Give me the most common. Uh, the most common I, complaint. I would have to say it's about um, midsection of the body. It always seems to be like tummy, hips, thighs, butt. There's always a problem with something in there with almost the majority of the women. So they don't, their butt, their hips or their tummy, um, sometimes legs. Usually it's not upper body. Usually it's like from the waist down is the problem. Yep. So, but I will, my, my tip is, or my saying is usually, I know you're going to tell me all of your negatives, know your pluses. So, I mean, someone said that to me once it was not in the fashion world. It was relating to something totally separate. And they said to me, everyone always knows what they're not good at. You right. have to remember what you are good at and your pluses and go with that, you know, so know your pluses. So, you know, that could answer even my next question that I wanted to ask was what are some of the most common mistakes people make? when they're buying clothes and you just said it, I think one of the mistakes is they're only looking at the negative. Yeah. They're not only looking look at Yeah, only looking at the negative. Um, I think one of the most common mistakes is people get caught up in a trend um, and okay, there's good and bad about this. So this goes back to merchandising and the environment of a store and shopping in person. It's a great experience, if you ask me. I mean, there's nothing like shopping in person. <laughs> Needless to say, I'm still, you know, I'll, I'll never get used to fully online shopping. Um, but I'm with you, you on get, that, by the way, totally. Yeah, you get caught up in the moment. I, it's happened to me, you get overwhelmed. And remember, so, you know, a blue jacket is in a store 
with 75 other pieces of merchandise around it to make it look even better, right? Now, and it's on a mannequin that's a certain size with lighting, with music, with, you know, again, other things. You take just that jacket home and you put it on someone that doesn't really, it's not the right cut or the right color. And suddenly you're like, well, it doesn't look good on me. You know, but you, you were caught up in the moment. So I think mistakes happen there where they're just kind of looking at what, what is trending. You know, first of all, I want to ask you a question. What is the difference or do you think there is a difference between what's in style and the trend? Um, yes. So I think a trend is something more short lived. It could be a season or two. Um, I think to me, style for me, style is how you put something together how you style it, um, if, you, if you think of it that way. Um, if, you were, if you were dressing a doll, uh, I've said this before to clients, if you were dressing a doll, like why would you pick certain things and put it on that doll, kind of layering up things? It's the same thing with humans. So would you pick you know, what works best on her? Would you pick a, a dress that's too big and put it on the doll just because you like that color? Or would you pick something that fit? Right, okay, so like I have a motto that I've discussed on the podcast before, um, to skip a trend. Skip a trend. For some reason, trends, I'm not a big fan of. I love yep. style. I think it's great to be, you know, up to date. And, you know, like if long skirts are in for, you know, a couple of seasons, you do that. You know, there are things that are kind of uh, not a trend that are in style, but it relates to whether it's, you know, up to the knee boots, whether it's a fatter heel. These are things that are kind of just a, a look. When you talk about a trend like high-waisted jeans or the, what is it, the, um, the, the boyfriend jeans and the yep. boyfriend blazer. I mean, like these things are just, to me, you know, I don't get it. I don't right. get it. <laughs> I don't get it. And then what I notice is that a lot of people like to mix these trends together. They really want to, you know, mix all the trends together. And yeah. tell me, how do you feel about that? Um, well, I will say this. I, I don't mind trends. I don't like it all mixed together, like you said. Um, and here's what I always say go with what works for you. And if it happens to be on trends, you'll just have more availability of that trend. Sorry if you hear my dogs, by the way, barking. Um, if it happens to be on trends, you'll just, so for example, say you look great in bell-bottom jeans. It, they, they're you, you love them, you feel good, but they're not, it's 70s isn't this season. You know, it's, it was last season. And then it rolls around again and there's bell-bottoms everywhere. Great, it works for you, so wear it, but don't wear it if it doesn't work for you. Right, you know? I agree with that. Everyone's got to kind of wear what they wear what works for them. But I find that when you mix trends, it's, it's kind of like mixing drinks. It's like yeah. having, I don't know, wine before scotch and then having beer. It's like, it makes you want to throw up kind of thing. So when I see yeah. people too many trends at one time, I'm, you know, listen, there are a lot of bloggers. And I think because when you have so many bloggers and influencers, and I don't have to tell you, a lot of them are just, you know, people that sit at home and are doing it from their apartment and people yes. get ideas and kind of try to put everything together. I think that's where it goes awry. So I, let's yeah. just finalize this talk about the importance of a stylist. Tell me the importance of a stylist is. I think the importance of a stylist is to help you define your style, what, what, what silhouette looks best on you, and then what is that silhouette and how to kind of get that, um, you know, achieve that look. So what pieces do you need to add to your wardrobe to get to that look? And that doesn't mean trends, not trends. It just means what pieces 
will work to, to get you that style. And that silhouette usually meaning the, for women, an hourglass figure. I don't, I've never met a woman that said, no, no, no. I don't want to look like an hourglass. You know, it's, I want to look like a tent. Nobody right, has ever said right. I want to look like a tent. Right. Exactly. So, I mean, uh, we have different types of hourglasses. Some are more curvy, some are a little bit more linear, but I've never met a woman that said, no, I don't want to be nipped in in the waist, you know, and, and look like I have some sort of curves. So um, that's really what the stylist job is. I always say it's sort of um, two parts, one, because it's not rocket science, let's face it. However, right. however, it is one part more um, almost mathematical. So it's about the numbers like measurements you know, the measurements of your body. And then the other side is more the art art part, color, texture, pattern, and combining those two to get the, you know, desired look. Okay, great. Now, I want to know if you have any pet peeves. I do, of course, because that's who I am. I, everything is a pet peeve. <laughs> I want to know yours first. Do you, you're so sweet. Do you have any pet peeves? I do. I do. Good. Um, Give me some. Give me some fashion pet peeves or even <laughs> client pet peeves. Indecisiveness. <laughs> I bet you have women that are so indecisive. Yes. Indecisiveness for sure. Pet peeve of mine. Um, I will say, I think what we talked about before is one of them. When there's someone that, oh, how do I describe this? And it's so funny because I think it's now become a pet peeve of my husband's as well. And he'll say, he'll like point it out to me when someone is trying too hard, you know, like too many trends or whatever. And then on top of that, so maybe they're trying too hard, but they just don't know. And I have sympathy for them. Okay, let me help you. Then there's the other one, the blogger, the influencer, the stylist that really says, you know, nope, I'm a stylist. This is what I do. And they're a mess. And I will think to myself, oh my God. And my husband will always nudge me and go, give him your business card. Give him your business. And I'm like, no, you can't do that to people. Okay. But Tina, let's make a pact between me and you and solidify this fact. Trainers have a trainer. Psychiatrists go to a psychiatrist. A stylist and a blogger, it's always good to get the influence of somebody else. That's how you learn. That's how you grow and evolve. So, okay, yes. like my, my pet peeves are endless. I can go on forever. You know, people that okay. walk around in Lululemon, you were talking about on Madison yep. Avenue, just doing shopping, going for lunch. That's one of my pet peeves, you know, yep. wearing Uggs all the time. Oh, know, yes. That. I forgot about that. Yes. Or flip-flops when you're not getting a pedicure and you're just walking yes. your dog on the city street. And so these you're are not at the beach. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But here is one that flies under the radar. First of all, oh, and here's another one. When people shop according to price. When customers will buy something because it's 20% off, I mean, you're saving $60, maybe $100 on an expensive item, just buy the color that you want in the beginning of the season instead of waiting to get it 20 off, and then you wind up buying either another color or half a size bigger or smaller. Like, that's yep. my pet peeve. Like, if you can afford it, then buy the thing you know you're going to want and buy it so you can have the size you want, the color you want. So that's a, a pet peeve. Another thing I notice is people don't buy for all seasons. No. And I notice it even with my friends and even my family, they don't have stuff for in-between weather. Like they're going out to a beautiful affair and they don't have a beautiful trench coat or a cover-up. Yeah. Like these are the little things that I feel like people need to incorporate into the closet. Yes, you're not going to get tons of use out of, you know, a beautiful or expensive raincoat or, you know, maybe a cashmere shawl or sweater that you might need once in a blue moon. But these are the things I think women don't necessarily think of because it's not something they're going to wear very often. Right. I would 100% agree, but I'll add this. Those things, especially the things you just mentioned, 
are going to live in their closet forever. The longevity of a classic, you know, the classic pieces, a cashmere sweater, a trench coat, you know, a um, even a tweed blazer, whatever it is. Those are the pieces you have to invest in, in classic colors, timeless, you know, not necessarily pattern. If it is, it's like a plaid or a check. And the longevity you will, you know, cost per wear. I always say cost per wear. I always say to my husband, oh, this jacket's paying me now. You know, I've, I've had it for so long. <laughs> I, I will it, justify yeah. any, by the way, I'll justify any good piece. I will justify the cost of any good piece. <laughs> That's why you are who you are, Tina Brocole. That's why you are who you are because you're brilliant and you know how to do that. And I bet you know how to do it for your clients too. Yes. Um, Okay, so tell me what what are we feeling for the season? What's the what is the um, what should the New York City woman be wearing during during a pandemic? I mean, what's the oh, pandemic look? Gosh. I don't know what the pandemic look is other than pajamas. It's first of all, I want to say on a personal note, it's driving me crazy. Me too. Because and don't I'm say a girl that I I like to dress, even if you know I'll and people that know me know this know this so well about me. They'll say. Um, if they say, well, oh, I'm wearing sweats. Like I hear this all the time, not just during the pandemic, but oh, I'm wearing sweats. So let's say we're going to, I don't know, the store and uh, oh, I'm wearing sweat or even a walk or dog, I'm wearing sweats. And I'll say, okay. And then I'll show up and they're, they're like, but you're in an outfit. And I'm like, but that's, this is my sweats. I don't actually own sweats. By the way, that's another thing. Once the stay at home order started back in March, whenever it was, I did not own one pair of sweats. I have leggings. Yeah, that I work out in or whatever. Um, but I really didn't have sweats or loungewear as I, I've been calling it now because it sounds better. Uh, I had to buy some because I was like, I'm, I'm, I can't wear pajamas all day. I can't, I can't do it. Um, so what are, what are they wearing now? It's well, by the way, I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I just have to tell you, I'm the exact way. I mean, my kids just, they don't even have jeans. They don't have sweats. Me and Brad, we don't wear jeans anymore and we don't wear sweats. We wear a, a button down shirt. doesn't matter whether it's brunch, even on, on the beach. I have my white shirts that I button down and I wear it with a pair of shorts. It's just, yeah. you know, also you hit a certain age and you want to be perceived a certain way and look a certain right. way. Don't you agree? Right. Like also, you Absolutely. know what, you know, we live one life and this is how I've always felt. We only have this one life. For me, it's fashion, the way you want to be perceived, the way you want to live. Somebody else might not look at me and feel like, oh, he looks like a 60s, you know, you know, uh, whatever, like he's a movie star, 60s movie star. But you know what? Sometimes when I dress a certain way, even if I'm just going to a restaurant down the block, I like the way that feels. Yes, exactly. I, like, I know you get it. So I'm sorry. Continue. Yeah. 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 No, I agree with you. Um, I think this season I've encouraged all of my clients and some need less encouragement to invest in pieces that are comfortable. So that we're coming up into the winter months. So the cashmere pieces, and maybe they're buying less because they're not doing as much, but we're not buying sweats. We're doing, I love that. yeah, we're doing cashmere. We're doing suiting in a softer way, you know, and we're maybe mixing it with jeans if that's what they feel comfortable in. Um, but it's a structured outfit. It's a look. We're put, still putting it together. Jumpsuits, so I've been, yeah. Jumpsuits, Jump love suits, it. Easy peasy, yeah, easy. Dresses, because listen, at the end of the day, and people say, oh, a dress. I'm like, yes, a dress. It doesn't mean a big frou-frou ball gown. A dress, think about this. It's the easiest thing for a woman to put on. It's one piece, boom, done. And you done. get a cashmere dress. You can get a cashmere wrap dress or something. I mean, how chic is that? It's like just wearing a big sweater wrapped around you. Yeah, 
So me and you yeah. had a conversation on, on your talk show about, you know, items to have. And what I did love, and I still love that, and this is what we both agreed upon is that, yeah, I agree with you. You can get comfortable clothing and, you know, still get cashmere sweatpants or just beautiful quality or may look like beautiful quality and not. And you put it on with a great blazer because a great yeah. structured blazer, whatever your look is, could really make anything look, I think, chic. Even if you put it over pajamas, you know, if you, people would think that's intentional and it could be cool. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that's uh, also a big part of my job is, especially now, is how to keep somebody super comfortable, but then layering in that one piece that's going to, you know, like a hero piece that's going to really turn the outfit around and not right. look like they're, they're, you know, this whole pajama dressing trend. It's like, and I tell my clients, it's going to look like you're in pajamas. Stay away from it. You know, Please. <laughs> it's like, yes, thank you. Me and you, we have to do this. We have to, we have to really fight this battle. Otherwise, yes. You know why, Tina, the line keeps getting drawn further and further away. You know what yes. I'm saying? It's yes. like, I remember going to Israel with my family, maybe 15 years ago. And my mom was like, I have to be comfortable. And I was like, yeah, you have to be comfortable. Why? Why do you have to be comfortable? Like, you don't have to be comfortable. Comfort, because the comfort level, the comfort line keeps going back further and further. I don't like that. Right. You don't have right. to be so comfortable. You know what? Comfortable. As long as I'm comfortable, that's all that matters. Everybody right, right, else right. should be in high heels and look terrific. <laughs> right. Listen, you can be comfortable when you go to bed. You take all your clothes off. You'll be comfortable. Thank you. It's so yeah. overrated yeah. comfortable. Exactly. I agree with you. What are fashion designers going to do? Now, like this is very difficult for people like me and you that we style people and sometimes we style them with couture, sometimes with bridge lines, but the fashion designers are no longer, I, this is in my opinion, and tell me if you agree, fashion designers are no, aren't dictating fashion anymore. I think it's the consumer that's actually dictating the fashion. Oh, you know, yes. back in the day, yeah. You know, when we started, if, you know, it was Dolce & Gabbana at the time, whatever they threw against that wall, that was it. You were wearing floral, you were wearing bra looking dresses, you know, all the designers from Valentino, Dior. Now it doesn't work that way anymore. It's the customer is so specific. They want to buy a couple of pieces and they are dictating the fashion. And where is that leaving designers? Uh, that's a great question. I absolutely agree. I also don't love how um, and I know I was thinking about this recently. Did this always exist? And I did, or is it just more prevalent? How now everyone is doing their version of whatever. So now everyone's doing their version of joggers, as they call them. I'm like, but why? We don't need joggers from Prada. Now I'm, I'm just using that as an example. Prada's good at you know her dresses and and whatever it is. We don't need a, a, a you know Gucci and this one and bridge lines and everybody to do. And I understand it's different price points, but why? We don't need. It's all the same thing. I agree. We don't need it. I don't even think we need any joggers. But if you have to Agreed. have them, joggers <laughs> right. should be quadruple the the price. Maybe less people would be wearing them. And sneakers. I agree. Tell me about sneakers. I mean, listen. Yes, sneakers works for certain girls and certain looks. It could make an outfit look a little bit more modern, let's say. But yeah. it's still a sneaker. I mean, you can't yeah. just pull the sneaker card all the time. Right. Right. I have, I agree. I, you know, I've come around a little bit more with the sneakers Me over too. the past, I want to say over the past, you know, four or five years now, Me I too. don't do a sneaker all the time, but I will say this. I can remember not so long ago, my girlfriend and I were just talking about this. She lives in LA and she said, remember when I pick you up at the airport or I, I, I meet you right as you came in the, from the airport and you were in heels, YSL heels, the tribute sandal. I'm like, yeah, that was like, three years ago, you know, and okay, now I'll do a, a sneaker, but that sneaker is chic. 
I don't have sweats on with it. I've got a look, I've got a blazer and a t-shirt and whatever it may be. So that's comfort for me, but you know, my feet aren't swollen on the plane and I, and I'm, I am comfortable, but it's, it's a look. It's a look. Now here, it's funny because me too, I got into sneakers as well, but very specific. They have to feel like a shoe. But what I do is yeah. I take pants now. I cut certain pants of mine, like wool pants. I let it yeah. fray a little. I'll wear it with my sneakers. I wear it with a collared shirt and a blazer. Like that's my way of doing a sneaker. I think that has kind of a, a little bit of more of an edgy look and it looks like I'm trying at least in a way. Yeah. Yeah. That's so, your uniform. That's yes, kind of like my that. uniform. Yeah. So that's yep. kind of what I do. You dress your husband. I'm curious. Yes. I bet you do. So, <laughs> How controlling so are you from one to 10? How controlling? Well, uh, are you talking, are we going out together or is this just an every day? Um, well, no, going out together. I know it's a 10 in it's general. I know that's a 10 because I'm a 10. Yeah, yeah, no, forget yeah. about going out together, but just in general, what's in his closet, how he, if he, even um, if he goes out to work, are you still controlling? I mean, I am. Yes, I am, but not like, I don't dress him every day, of course, but what's in his closet is controlled right. by me. Yes. And I've, I'll do this every season. I'll, because I always say, you know, he'll, he'll come to me and ask me for something. And it's always at the worst time, you know, I'm getting ready or I'm working and I'll say, honey, you're not a paying client. So you're last on the <laughs> list, you know, <laughs> so, uh, but I'll, uh, you know, I'll put together, what I'll do is I'll put together a couple of looks. I'll take his phone, take some pictures of it. He has a mini lookbook in his phone. I'll say, refer back to that formula for an everyday basis. And he does, he does. He does. He told, yeah. You trained him. You trained him well. Oh, very well. Very well. He'll come in and say, is this okay? Does this work? I'm like, yes, it works. There's Wait. moments every once in a while where it doesn't, you know, and I have to say one, one question, is that what you're wearing? And then he goes, I guess not. <laughs> you know, all, all of the best stylists actually say the same thing. Um, they don't really pick out the clothes necessarily, but everything in the closet is kind of their picking. So that's yeah. kind of what we do. Tina, yeah. can you tell people where they can find you on Instagram and your website? Sure. So my, all my social media handles is wardrobe underscore envy or Instagram. It's un, wardrobe underscore envy, E-N-V-Y. Um, my website is, you can either find me at stylebytina.com. That was my original working website. And then my blog is just kind of coincide with it is wardrobeenvy.com. Great. It's such a pleasure talking to you. And we are in the same vicinity of fashion and our ideology on it. But together, we got to do something. We got to bring back couture fashion. We have to bring it back. And I don't know how we're going to do it. I miss the days of people buying a shoe for every outfit. I yes. miss the days of people getting overdressed instead of underdressed. Yes, yes. That's well, that's me nine times out of me 10. Too. And I say that all the time. I don't care. I'd rather be overdressed any day versus underdressed. I don't care. You know, those saying, what's the saying? Dress like you're going somewhere better afterwards. That's yes. me. You know, it's always. always. I agree. I'm, I'm with, with you. I'm with you. And I can't wait to actually hang with you. We'll do that together. Yes, please. Yes. All right. It's a pleasure having you on Rich in Life. I hope I get to see and talk to you again. Yes, me too. Thank you so much for having me. It was great. Nina, thanks for coming on. Thank you. My friend. You've been listening to Rich in Life with Rich Arani. If you like what you've heard, click subscribe so you don't miss out on future episodes. Or visit us at richinlife.com. That's R-I-T-C-H in life.com.